for coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterly. Brought to you by social media for high school athletes. What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly soccer coaching podcast brought to you every single week for free by the good folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes. Check them out online at socialstudentathletes.com and all over social media at HS Social Media. We got to give a big shout out to our homies from Duke Duke Brand. We here at Soccer Chat are members of Duke Duke Brand FC. So make sure to go check out all the cool coaching accessories you can get. The My Trainers, the My Coach, the amazing beanie training cards, whatever your needs are for coaching, go check it out, dotickbrand.com, and make sure to use the promo code SOCCERCHAT to get yourself a great discount with your purchase. That's dotickbrand.com. Shout out to our friends at Torex, Team Torex. You hear us talk about it every single week. Sarah Loudon actually just tweeted about hers. She just got her Torex ball pump, and you will see how amazing it is. Because of all those folks, you get the show for free every single week, wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're getting them from, you're getting them because of those folks. So make sure the best way to support us because this is a listener-supported podcast supported by people just like you. Make sure to share out the links and let your friends know that you are listening to Soccer Chat. He's Nick. I am Sean. I'm getting old, man. I'm getting old. And this is Soccer Chat. How's, how's your week going? Dude, it's good. Why are you getting old? So as anybody saw the other day, we uh, we had our kindergarten roundup orientation with the firstborn, and it was it was awkward. Why is that? I felt really old, just because like your kids going to kindergarten, man. Like, wow, like has it really been that long? I mean, for you, yes, it's it's been that long, Sean. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Obvious. Yeah. And (laughs) it was, uh, you know, they did a really cool thing. It was very well organized. We were really pumped about it. Um, And uh, they did a thing where like all the kids and there, I was like, is this school big enough for all these kindergartners? Like there may be a kindergartner for every single room in the school. Um, And they did a thing where they split the kids up from the parents and the, uh, the principal and the teachers were talking. And I was just like, they got through their whole spiel and they're like, all right, now we're going to open up for question and answers. And I was just like, Oh my God, we're going to be here for three hours. Like how many parents are like first timers in their kids at school? And they're just going to be like, Oh, ask all these questions. And thankfully we were only there for like, I think there was like seven questions. I'm like, hopeful right, that parents, so. like the next generation of parents, like my generation and your generation coming through are like the people that are like, no BS with that type of stuff. Just like get in, get down. We like, we don't really need to be here for that much, you know? Yeah, there there definitely were people who were leaving early before the question and answer started. And I even asked my wife when we left, I was like, so like when Duke is old enough, like we don't have to stick around for that part, right? And she was like, well, I mean, you never know. Like things may change. Like, you know, that's going to be a few years. I'm like, yeah, but like we can we can still miss that part, right? And she's like, oh, I don't know what to see. But uh, that was interesting. Oh, I know something I was going to bring up. Uh, so in our, our group text uh, of of me and Nick and, and Cliffy don't surf and Don and, and Bianca. Um, so Quinn had her first weekend uh, with her new rec program that she's playing for. Um, and I was, I kind of put out the disclaimer. I was like, guys, I'm going to be that dad real quick. And my wife and I were just people watching and we made some amazing observations. Um, and my wife thought it would be a really good segment uh, for the show. If you don't mind, Nick. Perfect. 
All right. So, um, as I was studying, I gotta, I gotta make, I want to make sure I get these verbatim because I was kind of impressed with myself um, on some of these. And man, we text a lot. We do text. Uh, a lot. <laughs> uh, see, that's Monday. Oh, I'm, I'm super close. I'm super close. Where's Saturday? Uh, here it is. Um, so my my daughter's playing with her her group, and um, she's the I, we we have found out that she's the only girl on the team. Which we're like, you know, that's not a bad thing. Like, she's just got to have to be super, super aggressive. Um, so I, I tell everybody, I said, can I be hashtag that dad real quick? Um, you know, Quinn's the only girl on her team. Uh, she's also the tallest and, and tends to, to go uh, pretty crazy uh, and, and does a really good job of scoring and whatnot. And Nick was able to pop up and say, you know, girls at that age uh, especially can kick boys' butts. Uh, to which you mentioned about uh, a team, Chicago girls team, that destroyed you when you were in a U nine. Oh, they used to kick that? our butts. Like we were, tr- like it wasn't like we weren't trying. Like we were trying really hard, no matter what we did. That team would just beat us every single time. So as I'm watching, uh, you know, Quinn's session before they did a little scrimmage, uh, all the other teams from her age group are uh, training at the same time. And for the for what I understand, that's how every Saturday is going to be. They show up for like thirty minutes of training, and then they play a game directly after. Um, and then the uh, the coach and me took over, and I started scouting others. So uh, let me know what you think about these reports. Uh, I said, you know, it might be a a long season for the orange team. Uh, I noticed the sky blue team has lots of speed. Uh, the purple team has a game changer that plays for them. He also happens to have a ton of support supporters in the crowd uh definitely had the most of anybody in the whole complex red team had a lot of big hair bows uh on on their on their squad and the green dad coach is super super energetic that was very very noticeable uh the uh the royal blue team was off in the corner just kind of doing their own thing and uh the white team had a full professional staff full of coaches which i thought was amazing i always find it amazing at those age with like those like there will be more coaches than players on the team or like an almost equal amount. For, like, well, some I, of those teams. I, I turned around cause they were, pra- they were training like right behind the field that uh, Quinn was on. And uh, I kept turning around. I was like, they're like, the coaches are multiplying <laughs> every time I turn around. Like it started off, there was just one. And then like, you know, something happened. I, I think a ball like went past me and I turned around to go get it. I was like, okay, there, now there's two coaches with that team. And then something else, I was like, now there's three. Now there's now there is a coach for every child on the field. What is going on here? Um, but it was just so cool. Like we it's a different setup than what uh Quinn had done in Michigan when she started playing on teams. And um it was just kind of like I found myself scouting. I was like, I'm being that dad right now. But I guess it was all in fun, good jest. Uh and I was like, all right, you know. Uh, that purple team over there, they've got the ringer. I, I, that's the one who's going to give everybody the fits. Uh, but also, I mean, if you have 15 people show up for your practice to cheer you on, I mean, like you should be a baller. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it is one of those things. I think your daughter is in a, at a great advantage because I, I've seen the videos. You guys have been practicing at home. She's getting her dribbling down. I, I think, I think Quinny's going to surprise some people in the league. And, uh, you know, during their scrimmage that they had afterwards, I did post the video of one of the two goals and I was impressed. I told her she didn't have to really go east, west, and then north to score. But I mean, if you got to and you're capable of doing it, do it. Yeah. No, I mean, like she, I, she looked like she took a very good route to goal for a four-year-old. 
Yeah, yeah. I we you know we would have preferred it to be just straight to the goal, but you know, like I said, if you got to dribble it all the way over to the other side and then go forward, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Uh, so yeah, if anybody's in the area uh, on Saturdays, you can you can watch Quinny play with us. It'll be uh, it'll be fantastic. Maybe uh, Nick will come down and and unofficially check it out. Uh, I can and- be another coach. Yes, yes. You know what? You should. You should because their first game is this weekend and the coach can't be there and I can't be there. Uh, so <laughs> I volunteered my wife tribute uh, and I wish that I was I would be there to get video. So I may have to talk to my mom like, hey, will you uh, video Casey coaching these four year olds? Because that will be uh, I'm really intrigued by that. Yeah, no, that'll be awesome. I think she needs I, I, I think I think she, we need to record this just to see how it goes. I know. I wish I was going to like, it, it breaks my heart, obviously, because I want to watch my daughter play. Cause I, last year I, I got to watch her play maybe a grand total of 30 minutes the whole season. Um, just cause I had games at the same time and I had to travel for the games. Um, so I was really like, all right, like I don't, I've got a lot of Saturdays off this year. Like I'm going to be able to, uh, catch a lot of these games. And it was like, no, I'm not going to, but so if anybody's listening to this and you know who my wife is, um, uh, make your way out to the fields for us on Saturday and uh, videotape her in action. We had a soccer chat this evening. Uh, Amazing conversations. Uh, I did want to discuss one question that uh, I know uh, Nick wanted to get into. And it was a good question. I want to make sure I get it right here. Um, Oh, goodness. I do this every time. I have it in my mind of what I'm going to do. And I pull my phone up and then it messes up. I thought I'm in soccer chat, but for every reason, my search bar was Stephen A. Smith. But I mean, I get it. I had to post that video. Um, the question was, um, if I make sure I get this right, though, um, when your team's at uh, the airport, it was from uh, at Utah Surf Soccer. Uh, coaches, what do you think the days of people watching at airports with teammates and team bonding on road trips are long gone as players are now buried in their smartphones 24 seven. How has this affected your team culture? Uh, and they put a little uh, article there from the college basketball team that banned smartphones. Uh, and I do believe that was Texas tech. You are um, correct. So uh, you know, what's your, what do you, what do you guys do when it comes to that? I, we've never done anything like that. Like intense where like, we have like a consistent thing where we've done that. Um, I've stolen a few things from other coaches. Like when we do team dinners and stuff, um, we'll like do activities while we're doing them. So like this year we did a team dinner where you could only feed, you couldn't feed yourself. You had to be fed by other people. So like I, no one could take out their phone cause they were too focused on like feeding and being fed by their teammates. Um, we did a team dinner where everyone's the person your arms were tied to the person to your right and to your left. So like you, they had to like, when you were going to eat, they had to like kind of allow you to like borrow their arm for a second. So you could get like the fork near your mouth. So we did things like that. Like, and like, obviously they couldn't grab their cell phones during that time. We'd never done like a full cell phone ban, but like, I think that would be, I mean, I, they, it was funny because when they interviewed one of the Texas tech players, I wish I remember exactly who it was. They're like, is it something that like bothers you guys? He's like, no, it gives us like a great chance to get to know each other a bit better. And they they were all about it. And so it didn't seem like at that point it was as much of a coach enforced thing as it was just something that's built in part of their culture at that point. And I think too, I, I've learned in my time in education, you know, the you can't 
you become the bad guy when you try to take that stuff away. And with technology nowadays, the more you can incorporate it into what you're doing, the more kids are are willing to do it. So I know like we had, um, uh, when I was in Michigan, uh, during our uh, coaches meetings, uh, our, our TD, uh, George Hayje, big friend of the show, big shout out to George, uh, did these tactical quizzes. Uh, there was an app that we had to download and he would uh, post the question and the question would come up on our phone. And uh, the quicker you got the answer, the more points you got. So then it became kind of like this like cool little contest that we did. Uh, so I had mentioned tonight on the chat of, you know, uh, do something like that. Create some type of quiz. Like if they're, if you're stuck somewhere and there's just absolutely nothing to do, uh, them being on their phone, phones is inevitable, you know, just, uh, in, inevitable. So I said that, right. I think, um, you know, so just, you know, find a way to, to use it, uh, with what you're doing or, uh, do a scavenger hunt. If you're in an airport, come up with something, have things that they've got to find. They've got to document it so they can use their phone to make video or they can take pictures and then maybe send it in your group text or whatever it may be. Uh, and, and cool little prices from there. But I think if you, if you absolutely have to find a way to incorporate it, if you're having problems with the phones, find a way to incorporate it, uh, in your bonding, if you can on those type of events, such as a scavenger hunt, um, or even using it for, for quizzes, uh, horrible segue as I stutter there. Um, Really awesome interview. Uh, we have one of Nick's boys on with us, and it was just it was so cool to talk to somebody who, you know, uh, much like Nick and myself, or is just a a normal person. We don't have like a big resume attached to us, and and a and a guy who's who's doing it from from the dad side and also from the former player side as well. Really, really good conversation, and it's going to come up for you right after this. Coaches, are you looking for a meaningful way to bring your players closer together on and off the field? Do you want a surefire way to give back to the game and serve your community? My name is Sean Danhauser, and I'm a top soccer coach. The Outreach Program for Soccer, or Top Soccer, is a wonderful program that brings student volunteers and coaches together with children with special needs to learn new skills, build valuable socialization skills, enhance physical fitness, and have fun together through the beautiful game of soccer. It's inclusion on an athletic field, and this is where we need help from coaches like you. There is likely a program near you that is in need of coaches and volunteers that are willing to donate some of their time to share their love of the game with others in need. The time commitment is minimal, usually only one hour a week, but the rewards last a lifetime. Please consider getting your team involved in a top soccer program today. To learn more and to find a local program, visit the top soccer pages of either the U.S. Youth Soccer or your local state association's website. you to new 
coaches. And I feel like I say that every uh, every episode that we have. So I'm going to try to change it up a little bit. We have somebody who is well-traveled and is like us. You know, Nick and I, whenever we have these these amazing guests on, we're always kind of overwhelmed. And, and you know, we normally make the comment about it. We're going to be working for them one day. Uh, and it's it's awesome to have a common man guest just like Nick <laughs> and myself. And, and it is – I know that uh, – I, I go into this interview knowing the fact that Nick has met you and you guys have played adult indoor soccer and drank beers. Uh, I believe you also both have an affection for Reese's Pieces. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we, <laughs> we do have that, that part. That we do have that part confirmed. But we have with us Michael Manthe. Am I saying it right, Manthe? Manthe. Yeah. Manthe. Okay. Okay. Um, I've heard worse, so I'll, I'll be all right. <laughs> I'm the one who butchers all the names all the time. So uh, I was looking. I was like Manthe, Manthe, like Manti, like I, I heard them both. Okay, there we go. Yeah. That, that's fine. At first, for whatever reason, like all day, I was just like, Matheny? Matheny? No, that, Heard that's that one too. Um, and anybody who says Matheny out of that is a, is a moron. But uh, so we have, like we said, Michael Math- Math- Now I can't even think. I'm going to say Matheny. <laughs> what am I doing here? Michael Mante, uh is here with us. And, and Mike, thanks for coming on with us. Mike, Michael, Mikey, which, what do you prefer? Uh, I introduced myself as Michael, but I've been called a lot of things in my life. Uh, my wife calls me Mike, so I'll respond to everything. I was waiting for you to be like, my wife calls me jerk, idiot. Moron. Yeah, all the above. All the above. <laughs> uh, so one of the cool things about Soccer Chat is, you know, as, as we go through your journey along with you is to know, uh, you know, the coach that you are now and understanding why you do things the way that you do. We kind of got to know where you've been and, and what you've done. So if you don't mind giving everybody a, a brief background on you. Yeah, not a problem. Um, I'm Michael Manthe, uh, I'm currently in St. Louis, Missouri. I uh, coach for AFA Phillies, which is actually the only all-girls club in St. Louis right now. Um, have a 01-02 mix team playing U18. Um, they're right now playing high school soccer. Just recently picked up an 06 girls team. Um, they're kind of new to me and kind of working with them and trying to help them build a little bit better tactically. Um, have a five-year-old son that I play a little, um, coach for him, I guess kind of more herding cats, if you will. Um, yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. So do three V three with him. Uh, and then I have a, uh, a second son. Uh, I don't coach him. I, I used to coach him, but he's actually, um, found a, a good path and he's, he's on the right direction now. So, uh, as far as personally, grew up, uh, in Colorado, Longmont, Colorado, right, so- right outside the boulder. Um, funny uh, connection, kind of ironic. I was actually talking to my dad, who uh, obviously with the high school connection that we're obviously going to discuss tonight, he uh, was a part of a couple guys who leveraged to get high school soccer uh, in St. Vrain School District. So it was kind of funny um, that uh, it's, it started way back then. Um, but I just played normal uh, rec, played normal competitive throughout uh, most of my, my youth there, ended up moving to Kansas City when I was uh, 14 years old. Uh, my dad took a job change and moved out there, played high school and uh, club out there as well. Uh, I, I don't know that I was a, uh, a great player, so I don't have any awesome stories or claim to fame like other people that you've spoken with. Um, it, I, I love the game, but I, I didn't really get a whole lot of opportunity to move forward with it. Maybe an NAI or a D3, but it just wasn't something that I pursued. So um, ended up, uh, you know, going a different direction. Uh, met my wife. You went that uh, grown man around. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I, I actually <laughs> had mono my senior summer year. Uh, so I really kind of, 
shit the bed and had a really, really bad year. And, <laughs> and I, I'm probably actually a better player now uh, than I was back then. But uh, in all honesty, all? Yeah. or at least I think I am. About that. Um, <laughs> well, when you're I'm, playing I'm against on... five-year-olds in 3v3, you should be the best one out there. That is true. That is true. I'm holding <laughs> on to past glories. But, uh, yeah, I, so, I, I saw Mike play. He, he still got it. As I say, can you vouch? Can you vouch for us, Nick? I can vouch. <laughs> All right, so now, pressure's on now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. You, you set me up to fail here, guys. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, we, um, we, won, we won that night. We, we definitely won by a few goals that night. Oh, we did. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, but yeah, uh, ended up uh, coming back to St. Louis. That's where my wife's from. Um, so kind of uh, ended up migrating out here. I, I didn't really get into coaching early. Um, my daughter, Ella, uh, who is uh, 16 now, um, she had she had done the same route that I think a, a lot of people do, you know, the wreck and and, and I watched her. I, I was I enjoyed that aspect probably for a couple of reasons. One, um, I worked uh, two jobs, to put my wife through school, and then I ended up working Go and going to school. Uh, so I I felt I probably didn't have time, um, but I also I guess I didn't want to like live vicariously through her. I always wanted to be that parent who just kind of let them cut their own teeth on things. But uh, there's a couple times where it got a little out of whack and I had kind of stepped in and helped to support a coach here and there. And it came to a point where she was actually needing to develop better. So she wanted to try it with a friend at a club and she ended up uh, getting on this team. And I think it was probably nine years old, U10. Uh, they play the full season at the end of the, the year. Uh, she's cut. Uh, her and three other girls have no place to go. The club is not supporting you know, any type of other team that she can jump onto. And I looked at her, she's upset. I look at these other parents, they're upset. And I said, Hey, let's, let's do it. Um, so at, at the time that it actually happened, I didn't even have uh, any type of grassroots uh, diploma or any type of licensing. So I kind of fudged some things and we work with the club. They help us get it situated. And I've had that team ever since. So I think it's about eight, seven, eight years, maybe. Uh, if my remedial math is correct. So, um, yeah, and, and that's kind of where it started. I enjoyed it uh, immensely. I've kind of worked through a lot of uh, different badges. I have my D, the USSF, and my Advanced National with um, United Soccer Coaches. I've done some other uh, diplomas, and, uh, you know, I'm constantly trying to educate myself. But it's just something that I really enjoy. Obviously, I've, uh, I've been blessed with a nice, uh, supportive wife who realizes it's my passion and, allows me to now take on a team that I don't even have a child on, which is uh, <laughs> a big ask. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm backfilling it, essentially, because I have – my older girls are going to leave, so i got to backfill it with some younger ones, uh, if you will. But, yeah, that's kind of kind of in a nutshell. I, I, just, I just got back from training tonight and just absolutely love what I'm doing and um, couldn't ask for a, a better hobby. What's it like, uh, you know, as as a father myself? You know, I've always kind of joked with my wife that like I don't want to coach either one of my kids until they're like <laughs> old enough. Like I'm saying, like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, because like I don't want to deal with like trying to work with them, especially like knowing how I am and well, knowing how they are as well. Like, what is it like coaching? You know, your daughter at U nine and like still working with her. Uh, you know, at that time, I don't think it was anything grandiose. I mean, we were literally, we were just trying to salvage these yeah. girls that wanted to play. Uh, so at that stage, it was just getting the team together. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm kind of a little bit of a different coach, uh, in the way in which I approach things, <laughs> even in that time frame, 
you know, every single weekend after a game, I'd be writing recaps to parents being like, Hey, this is what we worked on. This is what I saw. Don't be frustrated. This is, this is what they did, which is really good. We're going to work on this next week. You know? So my approach was never uh, for my daughter. It was very altruistic about these four girls who were kind of displaced. Um, you know, as the years have gone on, there was a period where I knew my daughter had more uh, and I, I asked her for it. And I, I kind of, uh, probably got on her a little bit more than I could have. And our relationship was a little different uh, because of that. Um, and over the last three years, I've really backed off. Uh, you know, we, up until uh, a year ago, I was driving her everywhere to practice and training and, and to games. Uh, so we spent a lot of time together. And it was, it was never about soccer when we were in the car. Uh, so our relationship got a lot better. And, and I think it's better because of that. And and as she moves into the end of high school and discussing college, I've, I'm always her number one advocate, but it's kind of a weird dichotomy of how to, how to uh, go about being her, 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 her biggest fan, but also knowing what she can do, letting her live her life. Uh, so I've tried, to, I've tried to let her be her, which uh, is the hardest part, I think, of being a parent. But I, ultimately, I mean, we need, have to have parents uh, in the game, right? I mean, the, with yeah. the grassroots they have to be there. And I think I applaud all the parents that do it. Um, I think there's obviously a, a place for it no matter what, but I do enjoy coaching this new team. I've only had them for about six weeks, but I actually enjoy coaching them um, more just for the fact that I think I, my demands can be higher. Um, I don't, I'm not accountable to my, my daughter's friends or my, these parents that I'm friends with. Right. It, it's just, yeah. a, I think it's a little bit easier in that respect. So. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. They're, they're going to be there, but uh, you probably show up to that first session. You're like, I don't know any of you. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, it's obviously very intimidating for the players as well. Right. You know, you're uh, kind of stepping in. Um, I, I built a game model for them and kind of a curriculum of sorts. And I send it to the parents. I said, this is how we're going to do it. This is how our phases and how we're going to roll through. I, I got very, very serious about it. And um, they've bought in, right? So the, the girls are all in. Now it's just getting the parents. <laughs> yeah. Which, which might be harder. <laughs> and, and and going from working with those older ones to where, you know, also doing like the 3v3 with your with your five-year-old, that transition going and working with the older ones and going all the way down to working with them, how do you, you know, every kid is different. You know, can you coach your son differently than you did when your daughter was younger and, and playing at that? Like, are you noticing a difference uh, in them that from that early stage? Oh, for sure. I, I think even as I was growing up, the, the kind of uh, coaching that I received is vastly different from what we're providing for our players now. Uh, it's what I'm providing for my five-year-old and these, these new girls is vastly different from what I provided to my daughter. Um, and, and again, I coached my son as well. Uh, and it's vastly different from him. And that was only like two or three years ago. Um, I, I am, um, also the youth director at AFA. And that's a really big term for a, a very menial job. Essentially we do camps. So we have, uh, you know, a lot of girls that have either never played the game, have come from other clubs. It's basically five weeks and we just kind of run a little camp and it helps build the club's name, helps bring some new players in, but there's such a wide variety. So I think over the years I've really helped uh, all the teams that I've coached, excuse me, have really helped to allow me to figure out where I need to go and what I need to do. I can adapt and change. I, I think the biggest issue with coaching is, is a one size fits all type of scenario. Um, you have to be very cognizant of, of all the different players and the, the emotions and things that tie into it. And I think the good coaches know that and they, they can adapt and change. So I, 
I'm thankful that unfortunately it was my daughter who was the guinea pig uh, because <laughs> I had to roll everything with her. <laughs> but I've definitely had an opportunity to kind of um, get better in my own coaching um, job, uh, you know, and, and that's also education as well. Just trying to, to stay fresh and hip and, and up to date with everything. So what's uh, let's, let's get in more about this. I'm, I'm intrigued by this club that you're working with and, you know, like how did it get started? Uh, you know, have you seen like growth in it since you've done it? Uh, we have, it's, uh, it's a smaller club. Uh, it's all girls. Uh, St. Louis is a, um, I should probably preface before I say all this. I, I hope I don't offend anyone. I'm, I'm usually not someone who expresses my opinions uh, very open and honestly, unless I'm asked. So I, I kind of keep stuff close to the vest. I like to <laughs> listen and watch and, and kind of observe unless it strikes me as something that I need to discuss. Um, so you asked me, St. Louis is a really toxic city for soccer. Um, my son has experienced some absolutely horrific things, um, which is probably for a whole nother podcast. Um, I've run into coaches, the brand of soccer we play struggles uh, to be really anything that I aspire to. Now, there are really good people here. Uh, St. Louis has been a predominant um, city for quite a long time. And in fact, when I was growing up in Colorado, it was always St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louis. Yeah. And, and it's probably still to a certain extent. Um, Scott Gallagher's got it right. Uh, they have some great yeah. people there. Um, There's some other coaches that I really respect that are producing a lot of players, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's just difficult. Uh, and as a club, we're still getting pressure from parents to, to understand the got soccer rankings and, and, and what division we play in. What do um, those mean? It, they mean nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. But trying to talk to a, a parent as their U 13, um, just got into the got soccer at 11 v 11 and realized that they're 23rd compared to X, Y, Z. It's a difficult conversation, right? Um, yeah. We have this team that I just took over. They're a decent team. I, I feel we might get relegated, if you will. Uh, and my fear is, are these parents going to buy into the long-term development that I'm trying to put in place? Yeah. And that was the issue when I was coaching my daughter. I, I, it was a new team, and we kind of struggled. And I, and I always had to – what division do you play? What division do you play? It's like – I play X, Y, Z. And, and it was always a really hard hurdle to overcome. Yeah. Um, and I, and I don't know, I, I can't speak in, um, in finite ways about the rest of the country. Um, but I know that, that St. Louis is, is, is highly competitive. They do produce players, but it's kind of a, an ass backwards way of getting, getting the kids to, to continue to play the game, I think. But yeah. And, and even like, I mean, like I'm like less than three hours from you. And like here, I can remember back in the day, like way, way back in the day when I was real little and there was only like four clubs in the state of Indiana. The only people who ever really competed for a national championship with Southern Indiana was St. Louis. Like those were the two like that, that got into it all the time in the national championship. And we always hear like it being a hotbed, but you kind of make a good point. Like you do have Scott Gallagher, who's doing a good thing. And I've got some friends that, that coach over there and you do hear what they're doing. And, but you don't really hear about a lot of the others, you know, like how much of, how much of that, I guess, toxic toxicity, I'm trying to say big words. And I shouldn't, <laughs> how much of that, like toxic culture, toxicity. I'm trying to remember that was a system of a down album, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. So I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to think of how he said it in the song. Um, but like how much, cause like, I would just say like, you hear good things about Scott Gallagher. I mean, you also hear negatives too, but like you mainly hear about a lot of the good things they've been doing lately. How much of that do you think is just from being in a city so big 
with all types of different soccer cultures that that's kind of the not I don't want to say downfall that's not the right term but kind of like the 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 big negative about that area for soccer ah uh, that's a hard one to answer there's like uh, there's like a, there's like a large bosnian uh concentrate or like population there right correct and so if you add like their style of soccer, the way they like to play and you add, you know, all these other different cultures that play a specific way and you're trying to ball that in to one in a large city with all these various cultures, like it's just like yeah. a big blob basically. Well, unfortunately, majority of the club system is built on St. Charles County, uh, mm-hmm. St. Louis County, which is uh, per capita. It's probably a higher income than the city. Uh, it's, there are some minorities and some um, uh, some groups that come out uh, that have established their own club team, but they're not very big, uh, and and it's not incredibly diverse. Uh, I, it's unfortunate to say. Uh, I think there's some inroads that are being laid. Uh, Gallagher is doing some stuff with Mackie, uh, Matthew Dickey Boys Club, I think, um, and there's some other groups that are trying to expand the network and kind of open it up from a. Like, I can only I can only name like three clubs in St. Louis, and, uh, I, and I know that there's way more than yeah. that. Oh, for sure. There's far too many, probably. But I, I don't know if that landscape is different in St. Louis compared to everywhere else. It's it's probably very similar, right? And, and I think well, no, bottom... like, if you think of like Indianapolis is you know it's the largest city in in Indiana, and I can name you know there's Hoosier FC, Indiana Fire, Indy Premier, um, USAI, um, and I think there's maybe one or two more. So I mean that's only like that's only six in the biggest city in, in Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe you're right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've top my head. I, and apologies if there's others that I forgot, but like that, that's just off of my, the top of my head. Like that's what I know for sure. Dynamo. That's another one. There's probably at least 25 clubs in St. Louis. Ooh. I would imagine. Uh, now the scale of that is different. Gallagher's big. Lou Fuse is another big one. Yeah. Uh, Mo Rush was kind of big. They're dwindling. You know, everyone is constantly doing this merry-go-round and they're struggling. And, and I don't know if it's a, an issue of coaches. I don't know if it's an issue of, um, you know, the, the management or the directs of, directors of the DOC. I, I, I would actually question how many of these clubs have a curriculum. I know Gallagher mm-hmm. does. When Tim Lees came over, he totally revamped it, and that there's some teams over there that are legit. Um, yeah, there's a 2007 pre academy team that is just fantastic. Uh, that a, a friend of mine, uh, his son, plays on, and th- there's these these pockets, of course, that I think find success. Um, but a vast majority of don't have probably a curriculum. I think a vast majority of them um, most likely kind of uh, struggle to establish a culture. Um, I've only changed clubs once. Uh, I was with JB Marine, which used to be a, um, a, a an all girls club, and then kind of went through some changes. And it's kind of uh, you know water under the bridge. But ultimately, I've probably had half a dozen girls that have uh, that I've had to make. Well, I'd say maybe a dozen girls that I've had to uh, either uh, find another home for, or um, they've left. Majority of the families that I've started with are still with me. New girls have come in and they've bought into what I do. I, I've tried to establish a culture. Um, you know, I, I'm the kind of guy that, uh, you know, I, again, I did the game recaps. I, you know, I brought in Molly Grisham, who's an absolute stud, and she talked to my girls. And, you know, I did that. Uh, where I did PowerPoint presentations on, you know, Dan Abraham stuff and then uh, college recruiting stuff. Like, 
I, I've maybe it's because I played at a certain level uh, where it was, you know, D1 or maybe not the quality got soccer rankings that all these parents care about. <laughs> but, um, you know, I established a, a more than the game, right? My biggest goal is to create good daughters, good sisters, uh, good civil servants, good employees, good college students, whatever that might be. Um, it, it inspired, I, I'm very emotional about the girls that I, that I coach because I want them to do their very best. Right. Yeah. I, I, even as cheesy as it was, I was kind of like, I started writing a book that I more of a, maybe a manuscript to like give these girls once the last time they step off the field for me, because that's what I got out of soccer. Right. That's was, hella cool. Well, I haven't finished yet. So it's not <laughs> that cool, <laughs> but, yeah. um, yeah, you know, I don't know if what I do is different. And I don't know if because I do it, I've found that my girls are more invested. Um, I don't know if, if because I'm that way, I haven't won a lot of trophies or, you know, I don't have this or I don't have that. I, I don't know what that dynamic is. And I'm trying to navigate that. And that, you know, that kind of uh, is a lot what Nick and I have talked about, um, you know, as we started kind of working through this whole process is, I'm navigating this for the first time. You know, my girls are going to college. Uh, I'm trying to get them seen. Originally, it was just to get them to play high school. And now there's a lot of good opportunities where these girls might be able to play college. So the, the goalpost keeps getting extended, but it's new for me. So I'm yeah. navigating it. And I just, I don't know what the right mix is. Um, yeah. I know that, that, that talent drives success sometimes, um, but I know that. Well, if you would have listened to our show a few weeks ago, you would hear that talent is not enough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And <laughs> and I I did listen, but I you know, my biggest thing is the numbers are stacked against these girls. Uh yeah. and I say girls just because I coach girls, but the numbers are stacked against them. I mean, a majority of the people that you've had on coach the college the game and they they know that, you know, one what is it? 1.5 some odd percent uh, goes on after high school to play and then that 1% uh, of that 1.5% goes on for after uh, after college. So I don't have any ideas of grandeur for these girls. I just want them to be good kids. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like I'm in the that... same boat as you too. Like you constantly being told that you're a good coach and like you do things the right way. But you know, when it comes down to like the actual like coaching, I guess rewards, like what do you have to show for other than like you're producing good kids, you're producing good talent. You know, I don't have any state championships. I don't yeah. have any national championships, but like yeah. my players are still good. They're going to get their education paid for and they're becoming great citizens for their communities. Sean, so like they, I am winning. Oh, well, hundred percent. And I, I've honestly won two trophies uh, in the entire time that I've had my O1s. right? They're, they're all 2020s uh, minus one girls at 21. Um, we've had, we've won two trophies in the entire time that I've had these girls, but as silly as it sounds, the trophies that I want are standing next to them when they sign a letter of intent yeah, uh, and a picture or not even a girl that plays college, but a girl that, you know, is getting out of nursing school or getting into med school. And she sends me a, a text and says, Hey coach, I got into med school. Like that's the trophy I want. Yep. And maybe again, I think that's why it's different. Right. And, and there's a really competitive landscape in St. Louis. Maybe I don't fit that really competitive landscape, Yeah, but I damn well sure I'm going to try and create the best well-rounded individuals that I can. Um, Hell yeah. And we, and we still play a damn good game too. So yeah. Yeah, there it is. 
I don't know. At least I think I do. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Nick was at Gallagher Showcase and watched us. Uh, he had some kind of things to say. Yeah. And, uh, Cliffy Jordan, uh, good friends. Cliffy well, don't so. serve. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, at, at least I think I do. I mean, we could be better. And, and I'm not, I'm not uh, discounting the desire to, to win or to be competitive or to demand. Uh, I think that's all encompassing. Uh, it's, it's, it's all in the same. Um, but the but it's also result... like you said earlier too, like it, you're trying to do something more than the game. And if you think 100%. about it, if that's your, if that's your grand scheme of like getting them into something more than the game, the, the way you coach, what you're looking for, what you view as the rewards that absolutely matches your curriculum of making this more than a game. And it matches your coaching goals. Well Correct. done to you, my man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> write a book write a book on that for everybody all y'all all y'all coaches that be posting all these books that you're reading and the 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 will to win no you need to read my man mike's book he's gonna put out probably in like six years when finishes the book that he's trying to finish up now but like that's a, that's a very good thing that i think if you were to create some type of content like that i think you would get a lot more response than what you would you would think i, I probably need like a ghostwriter maybe molly She's in St. Louis. Maybe Molly can help. There me you out. go. Uh, but no, it, it was actually more than a game. Uh, it, that was the title of it. And it was just, you know, stories and uh, personal experiences or, you know, the, the chopping wood story that everyone hears sharpening your ax and, you know, it, 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 you know, keywords that everyone could like get on commitment and grit and, and all that, that jazz. And, it, you know, it was, it, I was kind of touched by it and I wanted to do it and then kind of life got in the way. And then I, you know, had another kid and then I had life, a, life does get in the way. Then I got an 06 team and then I, yeah, it's, it's never ending. So <laughs> Nick, you'll know about that one day. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit. No, but one of the things I wanted to ask Mike is like when you and me first connected, I, it was one of the most impressive things about it was it was right before Scott Gallery and you sent me an email and it was, it was the one of the most personal emails I think I've ever gotten from a. I thought you said the first thing he ever sent you was like, "Hey, I hear you like Reese's Pieces. I like Reese's Pieces and beer too. I've got Reese's Pieces and IPAs for both of us." I'm never gonna leave that down, though. You know that, right? I am the Reese's Pieces guy, which I I think that's even in my Twitter because Rizzo made me do it. Uh, Yeah, but what what made you go about like like writing? Because I'm sure you've written a few of them like that. But like, where did you learn that? Why did you? Like what compelled you to start writing emails like that to college coaches? Uh, so I'm in sales. Uh, I clearly, I can talk a little bit. Um, I probably talk too much at times, but, um, I think personal connection, uh, is, is something that's massively, uh, underrated. Uh, reaching out to coaches is something that I ask my players to do. Uh, when we get in showcases and, and I apologize if this comes across bad to all the college coaches, but I want them to uh, actively look at the list uh, of these showcases that we go to and, and, and think of maybe, you know, two or three places that they, that they might go to, uh, whether it's location or the size of the school or, you know, the degree that they might offer. And so I asked them to, you know, reach out not only for themselves, but they're a part of a team. And then the idea is that we stir up a little business, if you will. Um, but I think when I have personally reached out, uh, which is why I reached out to you is that obviously I follow various people or I see things or I hear things. And I, I want my girls to go to places that I know that they're going to get the best. Right. Um, 
maybe not a hundred percent exactly like me, but somebody that 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 carries the same uh, water pail. They they do the same kind of you know things. They believe the same kind of things. They preach the same kind of things. And this isn't even like tactical stuff, technical stuff. I'm talking like making them a better person, right? So if if I see somebody that I they post something or or they are uh, commenting on things and I like, man, that, that guy's got great passion or I totally get what he's talking about. That's, I did the same thing. Those are the kind of programs that I want my kids to go to. Uh, because I think that one, it's an easy transition um, because then it's, it's, it's easy for them to slide into something that is a little more familiar. But I also think then you're going to get the best out of my girl. If you're going to get that kind of a player and she's kind of like me, but it's you, you're going to get everything out of her. She's going to run through the wall for you. Uh, and that's a hard thing, right? I mean, I, I don't know everyone's programs. Um, I'm Again, I'm new to this, so I'm trying to navigate it. But I think that ultimately my goal is to put them in an environment where they're successful. And that's kind of where that email came from. It was just like, hey, here's a dude that I totally, you know, admire what he's saying. I've obviously listened to the podcast. It's a little bit different because you're a little bit more out there and vocal about things. But it was just a scenario. I was like, he seems totally cool. He's got great ideas. He's invested. The things that he talks about, I agree with. Dude likes some Reese's Pieces, which I can crush <laughs> as well. Uh, and, it, and it was just a way to, to open up that communication, which I think again, is, is kind of underrated. And, and I, I've done the same thing with Cliff. You know, I reached out uh, when he was at Huntington uh, and Matt Gill and I connected and then um, Cliff and I connected and I, I, I invited Ma- uh, uh, Cliff for Matt to come and, and train my girls. I invited the same thing for Nick. I've invited some other guys to come in. Um, I, I just want to expose my girls to, to good people. Uh, so that's, that's really why I sent the email, uh, just because I thought it would be a good opportunity. No, that's awesome. Like, and the thing we talked a little bit about this earlier, like, what do you think as from your experience between the club coaches around your area and the high school coaches around your area, that (sighs) we aren't necessarily at the club level and high school level getting right all the time. So, man, this, this one's tough. Um, My daughter played tonight and I had to respond to a text or a group me from a girl who's crying because she didn't see the field. Um, I hear stories of my daughter going in without ever warming up after sitting for, you know, 40 minutes, uh, which just drives me nuts. Uh, There's a few high school coaches here in town that I think run really good programs. Uh, I don't think they're advocates for my players. Uh, I have had far too many of my girls who have already emailed me or group need me or I run into them and they say, oh, my gosh, I miss you. It shouldn't be like that. Uh, kind of like what, what Pranish says, you know, it, there should be pride attached to playing for your high school. I really think that that's something that we don't have here in St. Louis. Um, and I don't know if they're advocates for them. I don't know if they're um, supporting them in their endeavors to be seen by college coaches. I also think that they are. I can speak specifically about my daughter's school. He doesn't periodize anything. He makes them, uh, he, he plays all the same girls. He, he gives them the same workload uh, on after, uh, after game day. Like there's girls that are going to be injured. There's girls that are going to be hurt. Um, and the long term of that is he's not building a culture. He's not building a good team for the long term. So I don't know if he's an advocate. So I feel as though I'm, I'm now stepping back in. It's not even my season with these girls and I'm stepping back in. 
mentor of mine, Jim Thompson, he coaches at a school here in town. He sent uh, I forget what her name is, uh, Nick. He's, he's, Devin. Uh, Devin. Yeah. Uh, dude's a stud, right? He, he periodizes them. He has them, you know, on off days. He, he manages their loads correctly. He puts them in the weight room. He's doing a lot of things correctly. But I think he's few and far between. Again, I can't speak in uh, definite, so I don't, I don't want to cast a really broad brush with this, but um, I don't know who the advocates are. And I don't feel, at least for the girls that I have, anyone else is their advocate except me. Um, and I don't know if that's only from the club side. I don't know if it shifted at a certain stage over the last you know, few years uh, with the Development Academy, with ECNL. Um, I think there's probably a higher likelihood that you're going to be seen in the clubs, club side of things. I don't know how many coaches are actively pursuing high school coaches for their players. The game is also tough to, to begin with. Um, and I'm fine with the style of play. It is what it is. Um, I, I think it's tough for, for high school coaches uh, to have to pull in a wide variety of players and, and do it. But they can do it better. Uh, I just don't know how invested they are. Yeah. And like when, like through your experience and like with everything, what are some of the things that like you, if you would like to see more of? From the, like the high school coaches, club coaches with, like with the process. Cause you obviously have a daughter right now that's going through this process. Like, like as coaches out there, what can we do a better job of, of like as a high school coach, being a better advocate as a club coach, being a better advocate. Uh, from the club side, I, I, I guess I can't really speak a hundred percent from the high school. It's very, um, I, I would like to, to see them not absolutely destroy players from a physicality standpoint. Um, I think that's, uh, probably something that, that occurs a lot more than people know about. Um, I, th- I think I saw something on Twitter, girls are getting compartment syndrome. Like that's crazy. Um, I'm sure ACLs, MCLs, I'm in medical sales. So a lot of the doctors that I see, and I work with, they're like, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's happening already. Girls' soccer season is on upon us. Uh, so they know it's coming. Um, so I think there's probably a physicality standpoint of, of managing them better. Um, I don't, there's no culture uh, in a lot of schools, I think, which maybe it might be hard to establish. But I think in a four-year time span, you can take a freshman and show her the way. And then by the time that she's a senior, she could probably establish herself and, and demand the culture um, is from all the players. It's probably similar to what all, all the college coaches do. Uh, I don't know why it can't be done in high school. From the club side, I think it's difficult for me to understand where I need to go. Um, there's so many different showcases. There's so many different uh, you know places to go. And I can't even fathom the idea of trying to recruit and go to all these you know, different places across the country and try and find that one gym out of, you know, one, one small city uh, at a showcase. Uh, so it, it's hard for me to know where to go. Um, there's also a lot of input as far as this ID camp and this recruiting company and this and that. I, I don't know what's legit and what's not. So that's why I've kind of been my biggest advocate, or I've been, excuse me, my girl's biggest advocate. Um, I had a, for all the girls that were really wanting to play college soccer, I put together um, a PowerPoint and I brought them over and I said, Hey, let's, let's talk. Let's get you an uh, NCAA number and let's, you know, talk about emails and let's talk about the, the steps uh, in which we can take. And for those girls that are interested in it, they're constantly calling me and interacting with me and trying to, um, you know, throw things off the wall and say, Hey, what should I do here? Uh, I have to approach this in this way, which blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, 
but that's me. And I don't know if that's something that's common. I know that there's some clubs that do college recruiting seminars and they bring in, you know, three or four college coaches and they, they have a sit down and they talk and the parents listen, but I'm driving it with my girls. I'm not driving it with my parents. Uh, and I, maybe that's the thing that I found to be different. Cause if I drive it through the parents, then there's an expectation. If I drive it through the girls and they're accountable, uh, because that's their decision. That's the way they get what they want. And if they don't want it, don't do it. Um, so maybe that's why all these seminars and, you know, uh, Captain You and all the other things that you get the, the spam email with. I don't know what's right and what's wrong. So I go straight to the source because I want my girls to be responsible and accountable to the things that they're going to have to deal with when they go to college because their parents aren't going. I'm not going. So I want them to do the work. Maybe that's the club side. I, I don't know if that really answers your question or not. No, no, I think that's good. Like with you, like obviously you're going through it with your daughter right now. What's been like some of the more eye-opening stuff with the process that you maybe knew and found out about more or you didn't know and it, it's been interesting to see? It's kind of hard with my daughter. Uh, if you gave me one of my other girls that – wanted to uh, go to an ID camp or speak with a college coach or what they should do in conversing with them via email. Like I'm all about it, right? If, if I need to, I've sent a couple uh, personal emails on behalf of some players um, and I'll be their advocate. I've actually written some, some things for girls that aren't even on my team because the parents know me and I know the girl and I'm an advocate for her. It's really hard for me to do that as a father. Um, I'm kind of like in this weird spot, I feel. Uh, we went on a recruiting trip to Chicago and met some, some good people. Uh, and one gentleman in particular um, likes Ella. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm in this weird spot, man. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, like, if you ask me questions, I'll give you answers. But if, if it's not my daughter, I'm going to be like, hey, this is what she does well. These are the things that she needs to prove on. This girl's got this great attitude, this culture, this blah, blah, blah. But, you know, this might be something you have to consider. Let me know if you got anything else. But when it comes to my daughter, I want her to make her own path. So I'm kind of in this weird, you know, position where maybe, maybe I need to have somebody else do it. Or maybe someone else can speak on her behalf. So I'm, it, it's been eye-opening because it's the, she's my first child. Uh, I've college as a whole is going to be a, a pretty big thing um, for us as a family uh, when we send her off. Um, and I've always given her the option. Hey, if, if you want to play, play, if you don't want to play, don't play, but she's good enough to play. And I think that going up to uh, Chicago where she wants to go to school to study some uh, international business, she's like, Hey, uh, I could do this. Uh, I think it would be fun. Um, so I'm putting, unfortunately, she, again, she's the guinea pig. Uh, she's having to do a lot of this on her own. Um, I'm probably treating her a little bit differently than I would with, with other girls. Uh, it's, it's, it's sad to say, but I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that parent. I guess it's different maybe because I'm the coach, but I don't want to be that parent. Be like, hey, listen, uh, she's really good off the wide. She is uh, fantastic on holding, and she'll distribute and go, right? But I can't do that because that would – feel really, really disingenuous to me, um, as a coach. No. And I think that's, it's gotta be a really difficult spot, Sean. You can take notes for when you're doing this in <laughs> 12 years from now. Now, how old's Quinny? 
uh she'll be five but i mean like it's ridiculous <laughs> how she's already i actually as you guys were just talking about that i was going through like facebook memories and you know three years ago she had her first practice like oh that's sad people who are it, people who are cuts deep are listening to this like they can't see it but, like i'm showing these guys so like and she actually like her spring season starts tomorrow so like i'm like sitting here like hearing this stuff and i'm just like she's still young she's still young she's still young but like for like for us like it's it's kind of funny because even though like we have no clue what in the world she's going to be like as a player as she gets older we are like as parents are already thinking like okay so like if this happens this is what we're going to do if like when it gets to this point this is who we're going to like have her contact so like it's still like i don't know she's going to don crow right <laughs> well according is that to don, said a few, few according to according to don that's where she's going um and every now and then like my wife will be talking about something she'll be like you know what if quinn has the option to go to like this really good school but not for soccer she can go for academics or like she can go play soccer for don i'm like well it'll be cheaper for her to go play soccer for don like obviously um like because i i do think that i actually i was talking with my my students about this today because i have a student who's wanting to try to play college golf and i was mentioning about how like being an athlete in in college and and learning that lifestyle and that work ethic and that drive like is going to make you a better person going forward but like the thought of like trying to explain that to quinn because lord knows like duke is i we have no clue what the hell that dude's going to do like i think he may be our musician of the family um but like with Quinn, it's just so like, I guess too, like when it's your first one, like you want to get it right the first time and you want to make sure like they're in the right spot. They're going to the right things. You know, they're talking to the right people. They're going, you know, the colleges that they're looking at are like the right fit. And it's different when much like yourself and myself, like we're coaches and, you know, with, with myself, like working in the college game, like I feel like my child has like an edge because like I do recruiting panels. So I feel like I've got all this information that I can pass on to my daughter, but I also feel the need to pass it on to everyone else's kids as well. And so I'm sure here in um, 13 years, if, <laughs> if Nick is still like not big time in me and we're still doing the show, that will be like a very interesting uh, year for podcasting uh, for soccer chat. If, we are all going through the Quinn Soderling recruiting process together. Yeah. And I think that that's the cool part about like the coaching side. I mean, you, there's probably plenty of guys uh, and gals that they put their daughter in the best spot to be seen and they do it only for their, their, their child. Um, I, I care about these girls deeply. Like I, I, I will cry like a baby uh, the last time that we play. Um, I've cried yeah. multiple times during, you know, important things. Like we, I took this from, uh, Molly Grisham, but we do good news, bad news. Right. And we, we have, uh, a girl that, uh, you know, had some great news. And then we had somebody who's, uh, whose grandfather passed away from cancer. Right. So we've, I'm integrated into these girls lives. Um, so it's not just my daughter. Um, she, I don't think she's gotten the short end of the stick though. I think it's been very much uh, a culture that I've tried to create where I want the best for all of them, right? Whether they go on to play college soccer at a D1 level or D2 or D3, which I actually would prefer D3 because 
I want them to be good kids to go to college to get an education so they can be actually, uh, you know, getting a good job and, and, and a good part of society. Uh, so I think it, it, it pushes them in that right direction. And they can get that from D2 and D1 as well. But I, I'm, I'm integrated to a point where I think, to your point, John, you're not going to have to make that choice because you're that coach. It's, it's going to be a it's going to be everybody. It's, it's part and positive to the job of coaching. You're going to be integrated into all of them just, just as much as your daughter. Oh yeah. I, I, all, every kid I've ever coached, like has been like my children before I even had children. And I know that who, you know, if just being like thinking into the future, you know, if that day comes where like my daughter is looking to go to school, like I'm sure the things that we as a family are doing with her, we will also be doing with all the other families as well. Like that's just kind of, I guess like how my wife and I roll, like with her being a principal, like, you know, she's always stuff that like we're doing with Quinn, like we're passing on to like others in her class and, and things along those lines. And uh, like you get that, that, that emotional attachment to that group that they're a part of, and you want to see all of them go on to those things that they want to go on to. Yeah, and and that's why it kind of like high school season, for lack of a better term, sucks. Yeah, uh, because I have really really good players. Uh, I have one like one of my top players that didn't make her team, right? Because this coach has to have a certain number of freshmen on the team and a certain number. She couldn't play JV. He wouldn't let her play JV, um, and they had to have a certain number of freshmen and a certain number of sophomores. It's like, well, this girl is fantastic she's a uh, an all-state cross-country runner she plays a two or a three like a a madman and she's technically one of the best players so composed and she's not playing right now right so that's the the tough part i send i i embolden these girls through the 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 season that i have with them and i challenge them to be better and we grow and we're, we're tactically and technically better and then i send them off to college and i or excuse me uh to high school and then I get these emails or these group me's and like, I'm not playing. I got cut. I'm not seeing the field. It's like, uh, what are we doing? Right. And, and yeah, maybe it goes. That's where I would be hitting the Taylor Tolman yeah. sound bar. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> I need yeah, to get and, that sound bar so we can start using that. And again, I, I don't know that this is a hundred percent for everyone. Uh, it's not, it's probably not like that. It's not like, this is probably very atypical. Um, at least I hope it is, but, um, yeah, it, it's just one of those things where there's no reason that we should be in this situation. Uh, yeah. I shouldn't have to be fielding crying group me's or phone calls of girls that are just uh, at a loss. Um, and that, it's hard when I get them back uh, in the fall because I want to pump them back up and get them where we need to go. And is there fitness where it needs to be or is there touch where it needs to be? And I want to keep rolling, right? So I've even thought about playing through the spring. And just negating high school and saying, hey, do you, do you want to play? We'll go to a region that isn't in high school right now. We'll play some tournaments. We'll train. We'll have some fun. And uh, quite a few of the girls were like, yeah, we should have done that. So th- I don't know. It, it, it's hard to hard to know. There's, exactly a, uh, there's a group in Michigan that does that, a girls team. Um, I'm trying to remember the club. It's uh, oh, I think they're out of Saginaw or like that Saginaw area. Um, and, and I don't know that it was because of like players not making teams. Cause like, at least where I lived at Michigan, like high school soccer was like the thing and 
all the clubs were affected because when kids weren't making their high school teams, they just quit playing, um, which sucks. Cause it was like, no, like keep playing. You're a good player. Who cares? You didn't make your team. Like you are a good player. And so this one club team or this one club, one of the coaches is just like, I'm tired of the high school stuff. Like we're just yeah. going to play year round. There was uh, last year at my daughter's school, there was 28 girls that did not come back after uh, the, the season. They just didn't come back. There's only 32 girls in their program right now. And we're in a, an area that there are a lot of players. And I just don't think they want to play for the guy. I don't think they want to be a part of the system and the program because it's not even a program. It's just a, a hodgepodge way of going about uh, playing playing a game and I and I don't know what the motivation is I don't but I'm also in this uh, if you listen to this podcast I could be screwed but uh you know my son nah because whoever it is you come after me my guy you come after me you hear what I'm saying uh yeah my son goes there in a year right so do I uh blow it open and call him out and demand that he's better uh for the for these girls not just my daughter It, it it it's very much the entire system that I feel that there's a problem with. So, but do I, do I blow it out of the water uh, for my daughter and these other girls? Because my son's going to go there and I don't yeah. want to put him in a bad spot. And he's already been in a bad spot uh, a couple times. So I don't want to do that to him again. Um, it, it, I don't know. But, but though I, at the same time, and I, I, Nick, I'm sorry. Cause this is like dad's talking right now, oh, oh, go. Like, uh, <laughs> but like, as a, <laughs> we are totally being those parents right now. Um, but I just hearing that right now I'm getting upset and I want to go fight this guy. I don't want to fight. I just want to talk to him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you don't say anything, who is? And, and, and I, and I, I know yeah, I always so- like quote, like wrestling on the show, but CM Punk once said, you can't make change from your couch. You can't make change happen <laughs> sitting on your couch. So if, if you're not the only person, if other people are seeing that the program is, you know, dwindling to what it is, and and clearly the high school administration has to see that, there has to be some time. And I I hate the uh, the parents organized a secret meeting, and uh, you know the coaches are getting fired. But at the, at the same time, like if things are truly bad, like somebody has to stand up because if you're losing 28 kids for whatever yeah. reason, like 28, two, like you're losing three a year. Okay, I'll give yeah. you that. You're losing 28 in one year? No. There's something's going on. So I, I think allegedly. I, allegedly. <laughs> Sprinkle that allegedly everywhere. <laughs> There's a nice caveat to throw in to keep me safe, right? Yes. Um, you know, uh, I got just tonight, I got a, uh, a group me from a girl who says, didn't play again. I'm crying. You know, I don't know what to do. And so th- this is where maybe I'm different, and I don't know why I am this way. Um, it probably explains a little bit of uh, how I've established the recruiting process and the accountability. But I told this girl, I said, you know, I don't know if this is uh, exactly how it was, but it was like, don't let them break you. Uh, If I've taught you anything, you know, your, your composure, your attitude, your commitment needs to stay true regardless of what your circumstances are. I put it back on her uh, because if she's going to go through this and she's going to be upset, then she has to manage it appropriately. And I think that ultimately, not only as a coach, I, I feel maybe I'm taking this a little too far, but I feel like I'm a mentor. I feel like I'm, you know, someone in the clergy or a teacher or someone 
that they look up to in those times where they're, they're hurt and they need someone. Right. Yeah. And I think as coaches, we have to do that. Um, so I've taken the approach to say, listen, you need to do everything in your power to smile, to put the bright face yeah. on, change your body posture, go about it the right way. Kill them with kindness. Not only kill, I didn't say kill them with kindness because of the situation, but it was like, Hey, listen, um, I've taught you better than that. I've taught you yeah. that you got to grind this out. Like this shit is not easy. It's going to happen. And it's not just going to happen in a high school soccer game, which really in all honesty, who cares about, right? Yeah. Let, let's talk about grinding it out when, when things are difficult in a job or in school or you're stressed or whatever. Let take the right approach where, you know, you can use this for, for a great example of life. Uh, and I've taught you that. I've taught you the commitment and the responsibility. And, and I don't know. She didn't even read the message last time I checked. So I don't know what her <laughs> response is going to be. Um, but she's a good girl. And I know. And she, and the crazy part is she actually had a coach coming to watch her at a, a high school showcase. <sighs> and she's not, getting, she's not getting a lot of minutes. And I said, you tell your coach that you have a college coach coming to see you. Yeah. He wants her to play. And the guy gave her so few minutes. I don't know what the college coach saw or what he didn't saw, but that's almost the point where we're failing these girls for the long term. And I don't even control that. This is a high school coach who should be all on board in promoting a child to, to be better uh, and advance herself with an opportunity to play soccer and get an education. And if we're failing them in that aspect, I, I don't know what I can do as a club coach. I'm going to continue to do what I do, but I don't even know if that's, if I'm, if it's repairable or if it's fixable, she might, I'd hate to say that she quit the game. I think I've hopefully taught her better than that and she'll be more committed, but I I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to navigate. These girls are my daughter's friends. They're my friends. I care about them. And it's, it's hard. It it really is hard. And and there's no right way. I don't think Um, every program's different. Every college coach uh, treats them differently. Um, the, the way that they recruit, the way that they interact with these girls. So I, I don't know what the right answer is. And, and I think if there was just honestly a, a, a more open dialogue about uh, what I'm looking for, it's not cut and dry. You know, if, if you reach out, if, if, if my players reach out to a college coach and take the time to send an email, and I know you guys probably get like a ton. Uh, so, but if, it, if it's invested and it's actually meaningful, Rather than like, hey, my name's so and so. I'm playing here. Thanks. Bye. If it was like meaningful and there was something attached to it, and they were really invested, I would hope that maybe a conversation could ensue. Like, hey, I can't make it, or you know, I'm not, you know, not really looking for that right now, or I don't even know what it could be. But dialogue and communication is a big thing for me, and I think that eventually, if you have that kind of open dialogue and communication, everyone's going to benefit. Sorry, that was Nick, pontificating. Sorry. That was <laughs> a little well, much. I, no, no. And, and like, I'm going to definitely like net, let Nick close it out. Cause like, I feel like I've taken over the, the episode. Um, dad but like talk. I get yeah, dad talk for sure. Um, but I want you to make sure, even if she hasn't read your text message, I want you to send her this from me. And before Kanye West went crazy, when he actually made good music, he, <laughs> as you were, as you were talking about like that situation, the song lyric of his popped in my head. And his opening line of the song was, they say your attitude determines your latitude. And Ooh. like, as soon as when you were talking about that, that song popped in my head, that line popped in my head, send that to her. And don't say it was from Kanye. 
Or if she's like, that's Kanye West, you'd be like, well, this is before he was crazy. Yeah, uh, she'll know because they're a hell of a lot hipper than I am. I think. <laughs> well, this this is this is uh, let's see, college Sean. So like 2003 Kanye. There you um, go. Uh, no, two, 2000, 2001, 2002 Kanye. Um, but send her that and and just kind of yeah, and that and leave it at that. Oh, Sorry, for sure. Go ahead. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, as we're getting to close before, it's like I don't want to have children. <laughs> I do. Children, I children's are too emotional. He doesn't want to follow Kanye, is what he doesn't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I, Nick is a way better rapper than Kanye. As someone who has seen him rap in person, he is <laughs> way better rapper than Kanye. It's, it's it's only for the select few. Not everyone gets to witness that. And it's not it's not like his own like it's not like original music or freestyle. Like it's like he can do other people's songs better than other people do their own songs. <laughs> well, I've seen him play. He's got a pretty deft touch. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure if his if his rapping is anything like his touch, I'm, I'm sure it's solid. Well, then he must not be a good soccer player because he is an excellent rapper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> for for a under six foot Caucasian. He he definitely has a little bit of flow as long yeah, as it's someone else's sure, song. Sure. As long as it's someone else's song, and I didn't have to come up with any of it. <laughs> no, I hope that when we go places now, people demand that Nick rap for them. Like I, that is my new objective in life. This whole summer, I want people to find Nick at showcases, <laughs> him talking their ears off, and not letting them recruit kids. They're gonna be like, "Hey, Nick!" Now he's just gonna start rapping. Life. Yes, yes. He's gonna set up a stage. Hey, everybody, come over here. And listen to Nick Rizzo rap other people's song. That's your mixtape album. It's called Nick Rizzo sings other people's songs. I like Anti recruiting. Well, yeah, no, I just think uh... Nick's like you guys have ruined this entire episode. Already. It was so good for fifty two minutes, and we've killed it with this Nick Rizzo karaoke conversation. No, but we are gonna turn it back to Mike for a little bit. Um, but no, Mike, before we get to like the, the actual close, like what are some things that you kind of want to get out there before we, before we end the episode, something that we maybe didn't talk about or something that you're passionate about that we maybe didn't get to yet. Non dad stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I think everyone has to kind of figure out their investment in things. Um, uh, I've been blessed with a nice family. Um, I've been blessed with a nice job, um, but I absolutely love soccer. Right. So um, I've invested in it. Um, I think I just signed up for a Tovo course with Todd Bean. I, I like three, four, three Gary Kernin books, uh, Bali Grisham. Like I'm invested um, because I think that if I can do anything, like I'm not, I'm not just going to coach these, these players and have them, go about their business and show up on a weekend. Like I, I'm a ducted guy. So I, I, I'm totally all about putting all my stuff down. I bought these girls, my personal trainers this last year uh, because I wanted them to, to have some uh, commitment to it. Like I just, I invest. Um, but I think when I invest, no matter what comes out of it, it is a win. Um, if I'm not investing and I'm solely based, uh, basing my, my success on the wins or the trophies or whatever it is. Um, I think it becomes kind of, kind of false. Uh, it's a false sense of, of accomplishment. Um, I know again, going back to that idea of the trophies that I really want are these girls being successful. And like, I, I, I will frame in all honesty on a signing day, 
I will show up and put my hand on their shoulder and they will snap a picture and I will frame it uh, because that is the trophy that I pride myself on. And if I can do anything to get them to that point, it's worth it. I don't know what the investment is for everyone. And it's, it's always different based on life. Here in 2Y, I didn't do it uh, for my daughter when she was younger. Um, sometimes things get in the way and you can't, can't manage it or you, you can't handle it. But uh, I, I, I work incredibly hard for my players. Uh, and and, and I, I think that all of them know that. And I think because of that, they trust me. Like I, and I, I think even uh, Brian Cliven, you know, there was a clip. Uh, I, I do like 343, three, uh, and I'm a member. But they, he was like, I will work as hard. Or I will be the one who works as hard for you as anyone else. I, I totally butchered that. But uh, essentially saying, like, listen, I'm going to grind this out, and you got to trust me. So I find every possible option, whether it's personal education, whether it's empowering my girls with things that I, that I give to them, putting them in positions by having college coaches come in town uh, and putting them up in a hotel to run a session. I, I, I'm just, I'm all on board, right? Like, uh, I, I just, I'm a very invested person in the game of soccer. Uh, and I think um, if I had more opportunity to show that to other players, to other coaches, uh, maybe things would be different. But I think that dynamic is is me. Um, I, and that's oh god, that sounds so so horrible. Um, no, I'm, not that, right. I'm not that egotistical, uh, but I, I, I think that's how I am. Um, but I don't think that's the way everyone is, um, and that maybe that's a it's a bad thing. I'm not one to judge it, but uh, I take pride in what I do, um, and I just think you know moving forward from you know these girls that are getting into high school, there's, there's players that that need the support but a lot of them aren't going to play they're not going to play college and a vast majority of them will not play and it kind of goes against the numbers that everyone knows like we're, we're dealing with like five percent of the population that are probably going to be playing at that upper echelon so why can't the other 95 percent we just make some some bomb ass kids that know what they're doing that got great attitudes that are great sisters great great brothers uh you know, great civil servants and, and all the things that I discussed before. Like, maybe that's the shift that I want. Uh, maybe that's too grand and too too uh, altruistic of me. But I, I think that's where my aim is at. So I'll keep doing what I do. And I'll, I guess, affect the small group that I have my hands on and, and support and, and build and grow and develop. But uh, the rest of it, hopefully, we can get a few to join. That's awesome. How can people get a hold of you? Uh, I am on Twitter. I don't know if I'm going to lose followers after this or before, uh, see anything else, but yeah, uh, soccer Manthe, uh, soccer M A N T H E Y. Um, AFA Phillies.com, uh, is the website for the club that I, uh, represent here in St. Louis. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm not, I'm not a big Facebook or anything else fan, just Twitter for soccer. I, I always love like how who, how many people we've been able to connect through what we've been doing over the past few years with Soccer Chat. And the funniest thing about my friendship with Mike and like Mike's a friend now. Like it, it's it, it started off as just like we kind of knew each other through like the coaching world. Oh, like, y'all boys, that's for yeah. sure. And, but it's like it's funny because it started be- with him emailing me saying, 
hey, by the way, I've listened to your podcast a few times. We've really enjoyed it. We're actually at the SLSG showcase that you're coming to this weekend. If you want to come and check out our team, please stop by. And I was like, with an email like that, like I'm for sure going to watch his team. And then like we walked over and like when I was at that game, we we talked for a little bit and then ended up getting connected through that. And we talked, we talked fairly frequently now. So it's been another cool thing about just this whole experience that we've been able to have with this, where we're getting to meet such, such incredible people. Yeah. Just, we created this network of, of like-minded coaches who are all, you know, out here trying to do the same thing. And Mike's a guy that I felt as soon as we got off the, the, the conversation with him, uh, and you know, we've all still been DMing each other, uh, since then I, I instantly felt like I knew the guy and that's always like a, a good one. When you walk away from the interview, thinking to yourself, like, I feel like I know everything about him and I could see this person randomly at a restaurant or something. And I have no problem walking up and just carrying a conversation with him. Yeah. Oh no, it's as long as I have Reese's Pieces, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean it was again the first time I ever, or I guess second time I ever met him in person. I went down there to like coach his, like how, like just like guest coach uh, his U uh, sixteen team, and I played a men's league game with him that night. Like second time I ever met him, and so again, it's just one of those people that instantly makes you like when you're talking to him, instantly makes you feel like a friend, and it's 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 been so cool that we've been able to find so many people like that recently i want to be a guest coach how cool would that be just to travel around the country just like fill in coach for people oh it's it would be the best like if you could make money doing that like that would be the best thing ever i think you might be onto something i mean maybe 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 we just start doing this like nick and sean soccer chat road show oh my gosh (laughs) yes somebody's (laughs) listening to this right now and they're going yes I want to do this. I want to bring them in as guest coaches. We will bring energy. Game. We will oh, bring yeah. We will bring the hype. <laughs> oh my goodness. That would be incredible. There's good there I know one of you who are listening right now are like, hey, I will totally bring these guys into guest coach. So let us get like a session with your team and then give us a game and watch what happens. Just, and I really hope I really hope that we don't like make the ship sink. No. Your your team will be at least super pumped to be playing soccer. <laughs> it would be a a good time for all, man. Just what an incredible show this one was, and I mean episode ninety. Holy cow, we are ten away from one hundred. That is that's crazy. I didn't like. It's not. I still doesn't feel sometimes that we've been friends for that long. Yeah, and we <laughs> we've honestly been friends since the show started. Approaching uh, so, two years. <laughs> yes, uh, it's just. It doesn't feel, I feel like we've been doing this for a while, but it doesn't feel like we've done 90 episodes already. So that just means, you know, obviously the big 100s coming up and I happen to do a little searching and counting and the episode 100 actually comes out on your boy's birthday. That's pretty special. That's super cool. I was just like, oh man, like that was timed out really, really well. I so mean, I, we're going to have to do some like massive party. I'm, I'm going to come up with something. I'm with you. Oh, and uh, I'm going to announce it now. Um, So anybody who's listening to this, I want you to make sure that you are paying close attention to the Twitter account of soccer chat uh, on Thursday night. Um, We have this really awesome opportunity uh, for one of you out there that I think you're going to absolutely love. Uh, and I'm not going to spoil it because it, it's going to, it's going to come out 
uh, on Thursday tonight. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, it's coming out tonight. If you're listening to this on Friday, it came out yesterday. Uh, if you're listening to this on Saturday, it's come out two days ago. Uh, but it's super cool. I can't wait to hear the feedback from it. And I just, I, it, everybody keeps saying like, we keep doing things that are, that's in the forefront. We're doing this Twitter chat. We started the group text. Uh, you know, we've created this network and this community. And now we are going to go even further than we ever thought we could go before. And you're only going to know that if you're following us on Twitter. So it's at chat soccer, no E. So that's S O C C R. Join the conversation every single Wednesday night at 9 30 PM Eastern time, where you can join the conversation with other coaches from all around the country and now around the world, because we got our homie coach Pete from Australia. I don't know any Australians, but I love that man. I love that man. And one day we're going to have him on the show because he's got an amazing mind for, for coaching uh, and for soccer. And I can't wait to uh, share that with everyone. Uh, but, uh, you know, we got to give a big thanks to the folks at social media for the high school athletes because of them. You get this for free every single week. Make sure to check them out for us. Social student and all over social media platforms. HS social media. Shout out team Torex. Shout out to Duke Duke brand. Shout out to Soccer Pulse. Shout out to Soccer IQ. Check them all out. Tell them the Soccer Boys sent you. Remember, if you go to DukeDukeBrand.com, use the promo code SoccerChat and get yourself a great discount. And no, I didn't forget to do our Twitter names. I was just trying to do something different. Nick, if people want to join the conversation and they want to see all these cool things from Team Torx, from Brand, they want to see it from Soccer Pulse. They want to see it from Soccer IQ. They want to see this awesome thing that Soccer Chat is doing right now. And they also want to converse with you. How can they do so? The best way to reach me is at Coach N. Rizzo. What about you, brother? And mine is at Coach Soderling. And like I said, if you're listening to this on Thursday or maybe it's Friday morning and you're on your way to Indianapolis for the Crossroads Showcase, you know what to do. Get on the Twitter and holla at your boy! Because I want to be there. And I want to meet all the soccer chatters who are going to be at the Crossroads Showcase. He's Nick. I'm Sean, and that was probably the most glorious and happy outro that we've ever had. And the cool part about all of it is that we get to do it again next week. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, we will catch you later. (laughs) See you later, brother. I hope I did not wake up everybody in my house. Yeah, my, well, I told my son as I'm going, uh, he opened his door and he was livid. And I was like, dude, you find your underwear? And he's like, yeah, it's like cardboard and solid. And I was like, man, well, happy April Fool's. And as I'm walking downstairs, I said, hey, I got to go jump on this podcast. I'm going to tell him about your frozen underwear. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, dude, come on. <laughs> and my wife got a video of him smacking it against like something. <laughs> Doesn't it break tr- when they do that? I mean, it's cotton, so I can't imagine it would break. I don't, I thought, I thought I don't know. That happened. It was well worth it, even if it does break, I'll be honest. <laughs> now he he, now here me, in like an hour, he you're going to run to the good. floor. <laughs> he thought he had me good, and I dropped his underwear in the deep freeze. So, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> that is until, you know, the wife makes you go buy a new pair of drawers for him. Yeah. Well, then I'll get him a spider ruse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your Spider-Man underwear. <laughs>